moving pictures, <laughs> moving pictures began with magic lanterns and glass slides waved in one in front of the other. Did you know that? No. Crude animations created by artists using multiple images. Who hasn't hand-drawn a stick man jumping up and down on every sheet of a post-it pad and then flipped through it to watch him go? I love this. If so, congratulations, you're a filmmaker. It wasn't until the late 1800s that celluloid film and machines were built to flip those post-it notes for us that filmmakers began to progress as an art form. Uh, The first public viewings to charge admission began in 1895, and industry was born. It's a short leap from 1895 to 1927, when Louis B. Mayer, head of the movie studio Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, formed the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. The first awards presentation was held in 1929 during a private banquet at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. A year later, the ceremony was broadcast on radio. In 1953, the award ceremony was broadcast on television for the first time. Never looked back. The Oscars, as it's most commonly known, has become a spectacle as much for its red carpet walk and controversial nominees as it has for the actual films it showcases. It's a water cooler event, engaging millions to debate the question, who will win? Tonight, Sandra and I are going to tell you. Welcome to the Morton Podcast. That open kind of had like a lived-in feel. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well, you know, one of these days we'll start paying for us, paying us for this. (laughs) How are you? Good. Are you ready? Oscars are Sunday. I'm ready. Are you? Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready for the dresses? Or are you ready for the actual awards? Everything. Everything? I'm going to get all dolled up. Are you? Heck yeah. You're going to sit in a ball gown on the couch and watch the... Of course I am. All right. I'll be sure to take pictures. Aren't you going to put on your finest? Not to watch TV, I don't think so. Why not? Because this isn't Lucy and Ricky. I don't know. It's just... Just the two of us sitting in our Sunday best? Yes. On the couch? Yeah. Are we going to do a two-man Super Bowl party like we did? Like all the, like... Why not? Fixins and all that kind of... I, I don't know, I guess. Sure, why not? Exactly We're kind not? of a sad couple. <laughs> <laughs> you and me all dressed up, sitting on the couch next to each other, watching TV. All right. I'm game. Is that really what you want to do? Or are you just yanking my leg? <laughs> yes, I'm going to get all dressed up. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> all right. I'm game. Let's do it. It's no different than our Super Bowl party. Yeah, but I'm I mean, sorry. Big game party. The big game. Nobody's listening. I guess I could say the other word. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but we don't get dressed up. No, but it's still game. a party of two. 
Yeah, which is why I think it's kind of sad. <laughs> we do, we Martin party of two. We do what's appropriate for that event, so why not do what's appropriate for this event? All right. Hey, it's your world. I'm just living in it, honey. Want to make some predictions? Sure. Want to get some pizza? Uh, to be fair, this is going to be a, um, a, a, I guess to be fair, this isn't going to be a fair prediction show because uh, we fell short of our goal this year, seeing all eight films nominated for Best Picture. Uh, we just couldn't get out to see the big short, which I think is kind of ironic. We're short. We fell short. On the big short. Uh, the 2016 Oscars will celebrate the 2015 films of The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, Room, and Spotlight as part of the Best Picture nominees. I think it's pretty good. We saw seven of eight. Right. I'm a little disappointed we didn't see the big short. We we will see the big short. We yeah. just and we may see it before Sunday. We just won't see it before this broadcast is over. <laughs> That's true. Did uh were you scientific in your prediction this year or um No. You just pure emotion? Yeah, just pure how I felt after I left the theater. Because I think that's what it should be. What was for the, me? What was personally. the what was the first movie uh, we saw this year for this room? Right? Because uh, we saw Room and then room, Mad Max. So. Right. And I'm not going to remember what order we yeah, saw them. I think but we saw room, room first. Right. In fact, I think we saw Room before the nominations came out. We did. <clears throat> and then it was kind of a uh, a race to to do the nominate or you know, to watch all the nominated films. I don't, I think we did pretty good. Yeah. I, I, honestly, and I, I guess we'll just jump right into the discussion. I don't I don't know where you stand, but I don't, I don't think even though Big Short won, I think Producers Guild Awards. Um, at least for me. It it doesn't seem to be gaining the kind of momentum where it's going to be in serious consideration for best picture. I could be way off, but um, I guess if we're going to miss a film, Big Short would be the one to miss. Actually, yeah, I don't know. I'm I don't know. Mad Max is probably the one to miss. <laughs> I, I read I, an article in Variety. I, I just don't see Mad Max this morning. Ranking all the movies, and Variety has Mad Max pegged as number one. Variety magazine. I don't see it. I, you know, I don't either. And and I went both emotional, like I really thought about this, and I thought, okay, I I looked at this list of eight, and I said, all right, what's my what's my movie? You know, like I don't need to rank them because it's not important to rank them. Just which one's my horse? Which one am I going with? Then I did. I made a decision in my mind. And then I went through and I've been, it's been kind of eating at me. And I, I thought, okay, like, 
how am I judging these movies? Like, what's the criteria? Mm-hmm. And so I went through and, and I wrote down and I said, okay, well, characters, these these five elements for me are, are how I'm going to, like, grade these movies, doing it in a scientific manner. And I said, characters, story, cinematography, content, motion. And when I went, when I decided to do it scientifically, I gave each one a, a value of 10. And then I went movie by movie and I graded each one of those categories uh, with a value of, you know, one through 10 or zero through 10. And then I did all the math. And so I really just tried to gauge each movie based on those, on those elements. And, uh, I was I was actually really surprised at the results of that, um, because originally I had done I think just kind of had how you had done it is kind of just generally how do I feel and pick my horse. So when you, so I know we touched on this a little bit earlier, but originally you had you had something in mind, and then once you did all the scientific calculation, mm-hmm. did you end up with a different outcome? I did. I did. And I looked I looked down and, and I was I was shocked. I'm still gonna make a prediction. Um but my prediction for who's gonna win on Sunday is different from what the numbers show me was my favorite film of the eight. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. So well, this is what I want to ask you. So now that you've done this scientific analysis, right? Is that really your favorite film? Since your gut told you something else. Yeah, because um, because don't you think you're kind of overthinking it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm overthinking it in part because I want to know, I really wanted to know what the elements were that like, why, because my, my pick for, um, for best picture is, um, not, not necessarily based on these elements. Does that make sense? Uh, Absolutely. It does. Yeah. Um, but I was really trying to drive the point home as a, as a storyteller and as really, I think um, not to seem insincere about it, but I kind of wanted to bring value to this show for the listeners. Like why it, okay. It's just like, I didn't, I didn't want people to come into the broadcast and say, okay, like why should we care about, what Greg and Sandra think like, okay, I've got an opinion too. Right. And it's fun to talk about that, but I wanted to kind of dig a little bit deeper as to why these movies, what these movies mean to me and what, what these elements of these movies mean to me. So I just wanted to dig a little bit deeper and I'm, I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not surprised in the sense that when I go back and I start reviewing these numbers, I think, yeah, that that movie, the movie's numbers really resonate with me. 
I still have my horse for reasons that, that aren't, it's, it's total contradictory. I know, but, and we'll, we'll talk about that. So how do you want to do that? Do you want to just go movie by movie? Sure. All right. You want to pick a movie first to start with? Let's just do them in the order that they're nominated because the list the list you read is alphabetical. Right. That's the way they're. So let's just start at the top, the big short. Okay. Well, we can't we can't do that other than oh because I mean, we didn't see that. Yeah, because we so didn't. Bridge of Spies. Yeah. So did you you wrote notes for Bridge of Spies? Uh, just just from what from the last thing, um, I, I think when I don't know that we had seen Bridge of Spies when. Um, the last time we did the show, um, I really liked Bridges Wise more than I thought because I didn't know anything about the movie mm-hmm. going into it. Um, the commercials that I had seen, the trailer didn't really tell me anything about the movie. I didn't know anything. I had no expectations. And it was Tom Hanks, but, you know, it looked like it was a wartime movie. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds really ignorant, but the the trailer and stuff didn't tell me anything. Right. So I didn't, I didn't know anything. Um, and it just being Tom Hanks wasn't enough to say, Oh, I better run and go see that. Right. So, and I didn't do any research to find out what it was about. It was just, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch this movie. Right. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, obviously he did an amazing job. Um, I one of the things you and I talk a lot about is is feeling for the characters, right. you know, making a connection that they develop the characters enough that you care about them. Because um, if you don't care about the characters, then What's you're not the gonna, point? right. You're right. not going to care about the film. Um, and I did. Um, whether they're good guys or bad guys, you have to you have to care about them. Um, and in this case, there are good guys and bad guys and you, you come to care about them. Right. Um, uh, it's not my choice for best film. Um, but I thought that, um, you know, Tom Hanks can do no wrong. He's like the Bobby Flay of acting. My gosh. Right. He's just, he's, he's just, he's phenomenal, you know? And it's like the older he gets, there will, there will always be these phenomenal roles for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, he's great. He's great. And I should, I should now be at the point where it's like, Oh, Tom Hanks is in it. All right. I'll go see it. Right. You know, I don't care what it's about. I'll just go see it. But it was good. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. It, it, it had all the recipe for success because of Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg directed it. Um, the Coen brothers, uh, wrote a good portion of the script. And, and I think that you can, I think you can really see their influence in the script. Um, so it has all the recipes for success. Uh, I, I walked away from the movie, <clears throat> excuse me, um, not really blown away. Um, it it kind of left me with a lackluster feeling about it. Um, and then when I went into my scientific study here, character, story, cinematography, content, and emotion, 
I think it reflected that. Like the characters, I rated them as a seven, mm-hmm. um, which I thought, you know, is, is pretty good. I, I liked Tom Hanks' character. I really wasn't wild. I kind of liked the Russian prisoners' character a little bit. They had a little bit of a relationship that, that kind of had me caring. Um, but I thought the story was just a five. I think in part because I already knew how it ended. And when it's based on true events, it's kind yeah. of hard for it not to be that way. But here's the thing: I didn't know how it ended because I didn't know, I didn't know what I was getting into. Right. But when it's based on true events and you already know that, you can't fault the film for that. Well. Yes and no, because here's the thing is that even though like I saw Munich, which was another Steven Spielberg film um, based on true events, and they delved so deep into the characters that it didn't really matter how it ended because you weren't watching it to to discover the ending. You were watching it to discover the you, you were you were watching it to go on the journey of the of the characters. And here it was almost in the Bridge of Spies. It was almost like you were watching the movie to discover how it ends. For me, I thought the the story. I I liked the characters enough, but the story didn't take me along their journey enough for me to really um, connect and feel like. Like I'm, I'm on their journey, not this is how we're getting to the end. Okay. That's how I felt about it. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, and then the cinematography, I'm not, I'm not digging Steven Spielberg's cinematography as of late. Um, you go back and watch, um, E.T. or, um, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And that cinematography like always blows me away. And then you watch like the new films and it just seems like it's not, there's no like real texture to the world. It almost, it almost seems disconnected. Like I'm watching like it's like, it's a Photoshopped film, uh, a Photoshopped picture, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's, there's like this sense of surrealness about the cinematography lately that that just kind of i don't know emotional disconnect and then content and emotion i both had as fives i mean it was pretty much a five all around for me for that movie i just didn't it just didn't grab me and and hold me that's interesting i I know the beginning was slow i told you when the movie first started the first like 25 minutes maybe 30 minutes was slow i thought "Uh oh what have i gotten myself into but after that, it picked up, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I rated it a 27 overall. It, it it wasn't my pick either. And and it wasn't my pick on my, you know, um, emotional just uh, I'm going to pick pick or my scientific wear a lab coat pick. Hmm. So Interesting. Bridge of Spies. I mean, I think it was an enjoyable movie. I just didn't 
I don't think it's best picture. No. No. Uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, I absolutely loved. I wanted to see it. I, I, I think I mentioned this. Again, I can't remember now. We had not seen Brooklyn the last, the last show we did. But I want, had wanted to see it for quite a while. Um, and uh, I loved it. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, um, yeah, can't say enough great things about it. It was just a touching, it was sweet. Um, uh, gosh, um, um, it was, yeah, it was beautifully done. Yeah, I mean, beautifully filmed. Was cinematography based on, a, based on a book. Um, it was based on best-selling novel by Colin Toy. I think it's Toybin. That's how you say his name. Okay. Um, Saoirse Ronan did a, a beautiful job. Um, she, such a beautiful girl, and the, the whole, the whole story. I mean, I love, I love the whole. The whole idea of the of the love story, mm. the, but the whole, you know, what her her having to leave her life, and then having to make the decision at the end, you know, of leaving her whole life behind, leaving everything she knew her for her whole life, right? You know, to I can't even, and but that her her story is not unique. I mean, you know, <laughs> the whole immigration, you know, story right. of, of leaving everything you've ever known coming across, take, getting on that boat and coming across and saying goodbye to your family with the idea of maybe you'll never, ever see your family again, right? you know? And then it just, it was so, it was so touching and heartwarming and, and, uh, and I don't think by any means it was, uh, like a chick flick. Oh, she's going to, she falls in love with this, this kid. And, right wasn't that kind of a story. Um, no, because I, I think it's, it's funny that, you know, you, you talked about it being a love story. It's, it's actually two love stories. Right. Uh, if you think about it and, um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of of the, of the opinion that <clears throat> when you and I go to see movies, like you, you've seen, you, you've gone with me to enough movies that I know, you know, haven't been your first choice. So, you know, it, it's fair for me to go see a movie like this that wouldn't necessarily be my first choice. You know, there, there's no explosions or, you know, superheroes or anything like that in the trailer. Um, so it, it's not necessarily a quote-unquote guy movie. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really, walking away from it... Um, Two things. I walked away with an overwhelming sense of wine <laughs> because of the couple in front of us. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> I didn't walk away from it feeling like it's a chick flick either. Right. Um, it's it's really a coming of age story, and yeah, there's a love story in there. But uh, okay, I mean that's that's a part of life, you know, um, and and a very compelling part of life. 
is finding someone to share the rest of your life with. Right. I really likened it to the second Godfather movie um, and, and all the scenes with Robert De Niro where he is a young Vito Corleone um, coming to America and being kind of out of his element. And um, it, because it, it really had that, that feel for me. It was 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, New York. It was 1950s Ireland. Um, so it had it. I thought it was shot beautifully. I mean, it was just gorgeous. Yeah, it's a very picture postcard film. Um, Cersei Ronan is an amazing talent. Forget that she's gorgeous. Um, she just I, she's in almost every single frame of the of the film, and she's captivating because you really get a sense that. She's a fish out of water when she first comes to New York. And and then you can kind of see it in her eyes that once she becomes comfortable in her life there. And it's it's really a very interesting it 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 um, it, it rated eight on my characters uh, thing. It actually could be a little bit higher, I think, um, because that was the thing. That's kind of what I was looking for in. Bridge of Spies is that I was really looking for an in-depth look at who these people were. Because mm-hmm. in the end, the the storyline or the plot for Brooklyn is, I'm not going to say it's non-existent, but it's irrelevant. Is that we're on a journey with this girl and it's not like we need a twist at the end or we right. need a dr- dramatic plot twist or, or dramatic moment or, or anything, because there's, there's drama and there's compelling moments, snapshots in time that, that keep us coming back for more. Exactly. So the storyline, um, is, is almost irrelevant for me. Um, and, uh, so I thought it was, I thought it was just very, very, a, a very, I, I, can't, I walked away very, very impressed with how much I enjoyed it because it's not your typical, it's not like a, it, it's a, it's a character study and a time and a, a period piece. So I, I thought it was, I thought it was very engaging. Yeah. I, I really, really liked it. Yeah. Great movie. And I'm surprised in a way that the a, a movie like this which I, I would venture to say is is typical uh award bait type of movies that uh, a film like this comes out that is such a great character study and yet Mad Max is getting so much praise cuz Mad Max is is next on our list and I mean, could there not be a bigger contrast between two films on this list than Brooklyn and Mad Max? I I really don't understand the hype over Mad Max. It was it was a fun popcorn movie mm-hmm. for me, um, and I I said it before that I don't think it stacks up the original Mad Max movies. Right. At all. Um, it wasn't about Mad Max at all. Um, right. 
and maybe this is maybe this is supposed to be the the direction that the Mad Max franchise is going in the the Charlie's Theron character. Right. And Tom Hardy's character is just going to or the Mad Max character is just going to fade away. I I don't know. I couldn't quite understand it. Um I didn't really understand a lot of what was happening in the beginning, like, okay, why is he being chased and what's happening with him? And, and we know that like that, who that's who he is supposed to be. Right. But I don't know. And maybe I'm being naive or, or not giving the viewers enough credit, but for somebody who doesn't, who has never seen a Mad Max movie, if this, if this is the first time they're ever watching the movie and they tune into this, would they know that that's Mad Max? And would they understand like what's happening? Right. I don't know that they would. Right. Um, and, and my guess is they would just think, Oh, that was, that was a cool movie. But would they even care about Mad Max and his, his journey and how he got where he is? Right. I don't, I don't think so. So I don't think that that George Miller did a very good job of setting it up to put Max where he was in this movie. Right. Um because this was really and what is what is Charlene's character's name? She has some funny name in this movie. She is Imperial Furiosa. Okay, what you said. <laughs> it's all about her in this movie. Right. So for them to call it a Mad Max movie for, I mean, I just have so much issue with that, but it just, it was just a chase. It was the whole movie was like a chase scene. Right. And, and I I don't know. Right. And, and here's, here's, here's my perspective on it being a feminist or I'm sorry, that's not, that's absolutely not the right word. A feminine driven action film. Because I'm all for that. I'm absolutely all for that. Um, because I think I think women can do it. I think women can be great action stars, and they don't have to be. They don't all have to look like Charlize Theron. Right. Um, you know, but I think it's I think it's good for uh, a franchise of this nature in particular because it's it's a dirty. It's a dirty franchise. She's not all glammed up in this movie. The other chicks in the in the back all of the, the ride, right? All the supermodels. All the supermodels were, and yeah. see, to me, and I didn't understand what that was all about either. And right, and I realized you got, you had to explain to me. Oh, those were all the brides, right? The... And see, actually, uh, casting supermodels in those roles, I think undermined the message of it being a feminine driven action film because you've got the perception of a girl who can do anything um, backed up by, you know, uh, Victoria's Secret models. It just, it, the perception of who all they were, but I know, but that's, but that, that's what they all look like. That's that's my point. Yeah. That's the perception. perception. Right. And not to say that Victoria's Secret models can't be action stars either, but 
it was just a really weird, and I, I, I'm not a big fan of this terminology, but I'm going to use it because I think it's appropriate. It was a really weird optic mm-hmm. for that. And, and so it was like, okay, well, you're trying to make this a feminine driven action film. And then you're going to throw, you know, the most physically petite and cause it's an ugly world. And right. I guess that was the point was that the, the bad guy takes the hottest looking chicks on the planet and makes him his, his wife. But I, I don't know. It was just, it was just a really weird, like, it, it was it was a it was like a road cone in the middle of the whole mm-hmm. thing. Like right. this doesn't belong. Right. And to your point about it not being a Mad Max film, that to me is just unfortunate because the whole storyline of of Max Rockatansky to begin with is that he lost his family. Right. Right. In this world that's going mad, this cop has his family killed. And as it would all of us, it it drives him to just want revenge, essentially. And the the really compelling thing about that character in the original trilogy is that he is because because that losing your family is a is a theme among heroes in film and in comic books and whatever. I mean, look at Batman, right? I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Um, he loses his family, and then he vows to protect the city. The great thing about Mad Max is that he loses his family, and he doesn't vow to protect others. He vows to basically just go it alone. But he's still a good guy inside. So the storylines in the original trilogy drag him into situations he doesn't want to be in. He doesn't want to be a hero. He he wants people to leave him alone and he wants to be he wants to leave people alone. But he keeps dragging he keeps getting dragged into these scenarios where he has to help people. And we never got that background or that sense from this Mad Max. Right. And they kept showing like in a few scenes they showed flashbacks right. of him, you know, of like his kids or, or his kid and his wife or whatever. Right. And like I was saying, if you don't know his story or you hadn't seen the previous Mad Max movies, I'm thinking a newbie to the franchise is going to see that and be confused and think, what is that? I don't know what's happening. I don't know what I'm looking at. Right. So that's why I was saying that George Miller, I don't think, did a very good job of setting that up mm-hmm. for somebody who's a first time viewer. They're making the assumption that everybody knows what's going on. And it isn't until the very, almost like the last scene that, that that whatever her name is, Michael Imperioli's character, <laughs> she she says, you know, what is your name? And he says, I'm Max. Right. I mean, we all know that he's Max, but right. yeah, I thought character development was really really bad. I I rated yeah. it um, uh, number nine in cinematography. I, I thought because I thought it was beautifully oh, shot. Yeah, cool. Costumes were cool. Content, I rated it really high because because that was a movie I really, that's, I'm not going to say that's my kind of movie um, because I really like dark dramas a lot too, really heavy dark dramas. But when I go to a movie like Mad Max, I'm, I'm pretty happy. People are dying, stuff's blowing up, 
you know, it, uh, it impossible stunts are, are happening. Hot right. chicks are walking back and forth. You know, there's a guy playing a guitar on the front of the, right. of the rig. Right. Uh, you know, guys are, are studs, you know, um, it's just that turn the brain off and enjoy it. So the content for me was, was there for that, but it just, the story was really, really one note and the character development was non-existent. Yeah. I, I'm just, it, so I said, I was, it was a good popcorn movie, yeah. but for someone to say that it was Oscar worthy, yeah, I just, uh, yeah. Especially when you when when you contrast it to a movie like Brooklyn, well, yeah, and and the rest of the nominees. Yeah. So what about The Martian? I really liked The Martian. I mean, I I thought The Martian was a apparently not set in space, but a fun fun <laughs> movie. Um, a a drama with. With uh, with a lot of um, a lot of witty banter, mm-hmm. or n- not even banter, just a lot of witty moments, um, courtesy of Matt Damon, who has uh, so much of carries so much of the movie just by himself, mm-hmm. which is not easy to do. Right. Um, uh, yeah, and. I, yeah, that was another one that I wanted to see that you weren't sure that you wanted to see. And then, you know, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really a really good movie. Yeah, I did too. Um, I, I think my, I mean, I really wanted to see the movie. I think my aversion to it was Matt Damon because I sometimes am challenged with uh, Matt Damon, the Matt Damon on screen and right. Matt Damon in real life. Um, and a lot like with Leonardo DiCaprio in, in to some degree. Um, but again, it had all the makings of being, um, a successful movie because it had a, a incredible cast. Um, it, it had, uh, the incredible director, um, Ridley, uh, Scott. Ridley Scott was the director um, it was based on a, I think a best-selling book. Um, so, you, you know, it, it had all the ingredients and I think it, I think for the most part, it really delivered on, on what it, uh, on what it promised. And I, the year before we had seen, um, Interstellar and I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan, just, um, just a really, really big Christopher Nolan fan. And so I kind of felt like, Okay, am I going to compare Interstellar to The Martian? Because for something in my mind just had me comparing those two movies. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, no, this is more like Tom Hanks and Castaway. Hmm. Matt Damon's on an island all by himself. And he has to survive. You know? And the, the difference between Castaway and The Martian is that... This one's in space. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you do realize that when he's on the planet, he's not in space, right? Uh, well, you do realize that he got there from like a shuttle, right? Yeah. He didn't take a boat. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, 
the the biggest difference is that that Castaway is is more um it's a it's a darker film and the Martian the Martian the, the one thing I I would say about the Martian is that it never really gave us the sense of impending doom. I never really got the feeling like Matt Damon's in in danger. There there are moments where it's like, "Oh, okay, like the um, this could happen, you know, like, uh, maybe he could get hurt or whatever, but the whole movie had a little bit too light of a tone in the sense that I, I never really was like worried, like, Oh, is he going to make it? Really? Yeah. See, I'm thinking the odds are better. You're going to survive on an Island than on Mars, <laughs> but the movie never really set up the tension. That's because Matt Damon was so witty. Yeah, and that's my point. We didn't have the communication. Is that it was a lighter... Of Tom Hanks talking to somebody to set up the witty banter. Right. See, there was always a... For me, watching Castaway, there was always a, a doubt in my mind of what was going to happen next. I had no idea. With The Martian, I always felt like, okay, he's going to figure it out. Well, yeah, because he's going to science the hell out of it. Right. Um, Just because it just kind of had that air of predictability. That's that's the best way that I can really describe it. I love the movie. Yeah, it was good. That to me is one of those movies that, that, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, uh, you know, or lazy Sunday morning, um, you know, we're just kind of looking to decompress and and looking to just kind of spend a quiet couple hours just vegging out um Martian the Martian's one that I would throw in the DVD player to watch again um it, it, I really really enjoyed it my only reservation before seeing it was okay first there was Interstellar then there was Gravity now there's the Martian how many space movies can I take because come on yeah, I mean that, we're doing this again. But two of those take place in space. <laughs> um, I mean, come on now. Yeah, but see, those so, are three great space movies. Whew. Not a space girl, huh? Well, I mean, they were kind of all at the same time. You know, it's not like space is a good place to be. It is. But it's not like they were three movies over like a 20-year period. It was like boom, 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 back-to-back space movies. Okay. And they'll, they'll probably, boom, throw another one in there. and then Probably will. But, you know. <laughs> and then we'll go see it. Girl could use some variety in there. Well, you had some so, variety. So, you know. All right. The Revenant. Loved it. And that's another one that I really wanted to see, and you yeah, had no I, interest. I, that's one that I'll agree that I of of the eight that are on the list, the Revenant is the one that I wanted to see the least. And I was really interested, and I loved it. Oh. Yeah, and I, I knew, and I and I had several people tell me, "Oh, I don't think you're going to like it. Oh, right. it's really, really intense. I don't think you're going to like it." Um, our kids, you know warned me heavily um but i i really 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 liked it 
Yeah. Yeah. And see that the revenant is, is a good film to, to kind of uh, support my theory about not knowing what's going to happen next. I knew the, the basic premise. Um, I knew uh, the bear scene. Right. I knew about it. I, I hadn't seen anything about it, but but I knew it was going to happen. But I'll tell you, from the very beginning of that movie, I had no idea what was going to happen next. None. Right, right. Um, regardless of what was going on, I had no idea. And that's two things that I'm going to go back and say three things that really, for me, made this a compelling film that I think deserves a spot on this list. Um, that Leonardo DiCaprio didn't overact like he normally does. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was really reserved. I thought he was um, emotional and, and energetic when he needed to be and reserved when it was appropriate. Um, So I thought that that was really, really refreshing for a Leonardo DiCaprio film. The, Cinematography on it, um, I'll be surprised if it doesn't win for cinematography. Right. Um, it it's Brooklyn was just a, a gorgeous movie, but I, I think the Revenant was. Um, I think the best part of the of the movie is actually the cinematography. It's it is just incredible. It the, the landscape is a character. Oh, I think yeah. And you can only do that through cinematography. And they right. just, they nailed it. They nailed it. Right. Um, and um, the fact that I, I had no idea what was going to happen next. Um, I think that that is um, uh, just really what makes this film compelling. Is that you just, you, you want to watch because you want to know. Like with Mad Max, I really didn't care. Right. Because I just didn't, I didn't care what happened next. Mm-hmm. I didn't care who dies. I didn't care. I, I just, I didn't. Um, with The Martian, I was never afraid that what was going to happen next. I was just kind of, there was this predictability that Matt Damon was going to be okay. Um, with The Revenant, I was clueless. And and I, that that aspect of the film I really, really enjoyed. Right. Well, and especially with The Revenant, I mean, he just kept getting his ass kicked. I mean, just when you thought he couldn't get it kicked anymore, right. he would, and he'd get up. And you, and you just, your heart was breaking for him, like, oh my gosh, you know, talk about character development and caring for somebody and being invested in somebody right. and, you just want him. You just kept fighting for him to get up, get up, and he would. And you just you were fighting for him as much as he was fighting. Yeah. And you know. Yeah, I never really thought about it like that. I mean, it's it's almost like a like a, uh, a frontier version of Rocky. Yeah. I mean, he just kept. I mean, there were times when he couldn't. He was crawling, and you were just fighting for him. You know, to just one you know, the army crawl one little bit at a time just to get there. Yeah. You know, now I, I rated the characters and the story, both a six because it wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of development. You know, the, the, um, 
the thing with Leonardo DiCaprio's son almost almost seemed like just a um just a trick to 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 give him motivation because the because he loses his son so it's almost like it's almost just like the the golf ball and the goldberg machine you know that drops first and then it hits this and mm-hmm. you know like the first domino to fall i didn't really get this this real deep emotional connection between he and his son mm-hmm. um i did and and the story was it was it was almost uh i mean it was a, it's a revenge movie right so it's one note in that regard you know they're not giving us anything else they're not giving us redemption they're not giving us a love story it's it's revenge pure and simple and and so on, on that aspect i i rated it a, a little bit low but you know on emotion and content and um, you know, obviously the cinematography, I, I rated it higher because, you know, it, it really, you, you really want to see him succeed, right? You know, there's no plot twist about what, what he's doing or where he's going. You know, there's no trick at the end of the, no. at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, what's motivating him. And um, again, we're just, you just he just keeps getting his ass kicked like you said and we're just along for the ride and and hopes that he makes it because there's never a clear indication that he might you know i mean he could he could fall by the wayside at any point and it still would have made for a good movie yeah i i thought it was fantastic all right the first movie we saw on this list room Best-selling novel, Emma Donahue. I loved the movie. I loved the book. I thought the movie was fantastic. Brie Larson, Jacob Tremblay. Yeah, this was... I can't say enough great things about it. Yeah, this this was the one movie... We talked about this on the last show. Uh, the one movie in my entire life that I've ever not known a single thing about it going into it. Um and and uh i was i was really really impressed um i i rated it um high in characters and story cuz i think those are real solid um cinematography i rated it a 6 i rated it a little bit lower um because i don't i don't think when i look back at all these movies and then i look at my list one of the things about cinematography is Am I remembering shots mm-hmm. of the movie? Am I remembering the visuals of the movie? And for this, I'm not. There were times of, there were moments of brilliance in the cinematography um, inside the room. Moments. Right. But overall, it was, not to say it was it was poorly shot, because it wasn't. But cinematography, this movie isn't, isn't um, writing on its cinematography. It's writing on its characters. It's writing on its story. And it, it rated the highest of, of all eight movies or all seven 
for us, um, it rate, I rated it highest in emotion. Um, because once you get a, an idea of what's going on, um, those, the characters pull you in and they, they basically just grab your heart. They rip it out of your chest and they just, you know, <laughs> stick it in front of your face for two hours and you just have to watch it beat, you know, frenetically. Um, yeah, it's, it, it tips the scales on emotion for sure. Um, yeah, it was, it's a, it's a really solid film. Yeah. Okay. Spotlight. That's it. That's all you had to say on that. You know what? I, 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 I I don't know. I mean, I I loved the movie. And again, like I, I said before, go out, go read the book. That's all I can tell you. The, yeah. the movie was fantastic. Um, Brie Larson will walk away with the Academy Award. She will. She absolutely will. She deserves it. Yeah. Um, and you think her performance was better than um, Saoirse Ronan? I, you know what I I I just think that um I think that what do you think? I, you know I I think that she transformed herself more and it was a because it was a more dramatic role it was a more um, there was a lot more emotion in in Brie Larson's role mm-hmm. um, that uh, Saoirse Ronan's role was, was a very likable character mm-hmm. you know I don't think it was you know it was, it was a nice period piece and she played somebody that she she played an Irish girl she is an Irish girl right. you know not a big stretch there um, she played someone from a different time period. I get that. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't like putting lipstick on a pig. I mean, that's really what she is. It was just from a different time period. Right. They transformed, Brie Larson transformed herself to this completely different person in a, in a role that is, she became Ma. And for the two hours that we sat there, our hearts broke for her and this life that she has created for Jack. Right. And, you know, we forgot who Brie Larson was because we were watching Ma for two hours. Right. Um, Because that's who she became because of what had happened to her. Right. That's not who she was before. That's who she became in those seven years. And so... And, for the, and I don't want to ruin anything for the people who haven't seen the movie because I don't I want people to go to see the movie. So because of that, because of that performance, because of who she became in those seven years, because that's not who she was before. And then when she gets, you know, after that, that's why she deserves the Academy Award. Yeah, I don't I don't I mean, disagree. It's, it's I kind of hard to explain all that. No, I, I think you did a great job. And, and that was kind of, you know, I, I kind of wanted to hear you say it, so to speak. Um, I, I, I'm I, the one thing I'll challenge you on is that I think Saoirse Ronan's. I don't think it's it's fair to to say Saoirse Ronan's Irish. So the the 
it wasn't that big of a stretch for her role. And I know that's not what you were saying, yeah. so to speak, but the the leap for her was shorter than it was for Brie Larson in in getting into character. I get that. Yeah. Um, the the choices that that character has to make um, are compelling, Saoirse Ronan's, but they're not nearly as compelling as the decisions that Brie Larson's character has to make mm-hmm. because she's answering some questions that um, don't have clear-cut answers to. Right. And they they hold more weight overall than some of the decisions that, that Cersei Ronan's character has to make. You know, she's got to make some pretty life-changing uh, decisions also. Absolutely. But the weight, the sheer weight of the decisions that Brie Larson's character has to make in Room, um, you you look at those decisions and you go, oh, yeah, I totally would have made that decision. And then And then you start thinking about it and you go, well... Maybe I wouldn't have. Let me think about it. And that's the thing that's so great about that movie is that it it really touches on, um, you know, the the um, moments that you have to make a decision, and any decision you make will probably be the right one, and they'll both probably be the wrong one. Right. And that's what makes it very interesting to watch because you watch these characters and, and Brie Larson, I agree not having seen um, a couple of the other best actresses, but just knowing on the strength of her performance, the conviction, you knew that when she made those decisions, you knew that she was um, committed to making those decisions. Right. You know, Mm-hmm. And and on the surface, that's why I said on the surface, they may seem totally wrong. But you start looking at it and you go, yeah, I'd make that decision too. Mm-hmm. God, would I? Maybe I wouldn't. And that's, you know, you just, you beat yourself up like, I'm not sure, you know. And that's that's why, for me, the characters rated the highest, the emotion rated the highest. Um, I I really think that that was a solid film. Yeah. Uh, number eight, the last one, Spotlight. I loved Spotlight as well. Um, again, more than I thought I would. Um, and that's one of the ones that I was interested in seeing because of the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that in the last show. I was attracted to it because of the cast. Um, um, that's one that's kind of like room that you leave you leave the theater with a lot of sad emotion um, because of the subject matter. Um, It hits you quite hard. Um, Spotlight's based on a true story and you know, you it's, it's not a, not a good true story. It's not very uplifting. There really weren't any happy go lucky movies to see this year. The Martian was kind of fun, but he gets stuck up there and that's no good. Um, that's kind of a bad day. Um, Brooklyn's a happy story. Yeah, but it's not all happy. I mean, it you know it has its ups and downs. Um, but um, Spotlight was so so well acted and 
and you know it it was it was great it was a great film yeah spotlight's a solid film that um for me spotlight is when when i when i say like mad max is my kind of movie because things blow up and um you know fights and all that kind of stuff um and then you know i kind of back off that statement a little bit i i kind of back off that statement a little bit because of movies like spotlight spotlight's really my kind of movie right and because it is character study it is um a crime thriller mm-hmm. um and it's 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 really rooted i mean it it's based on a true story so it, uh it's really rooted in reality and it's it's a matter of um kind of the it, it's it it has a happy ending in the sense that the characters set goals and achieve those goals. Um, it's tough subject matter to deal with because a lot of people get hurt and, right. and there's no changing that regardless of the outcome of the movie. There's no changing if those people get hurt. And so that's tough to deal with. But it's nice that that um, you know it's it's the the little guy. It's almost like a David and Goliath, you know, and and David overcomes, and it they do it in a way that is just very. You know, I I love that it was an ensemble piece. Excuse me. Um, I thought Rachel McAdams did a phenomenal job. Um, who's the other supporting actor? Oh, Mark Ruffalo. Um, Mark Ruffalo's character frustrated the hell out of me (laughs) because he was just so temperamental in his acting. And I thought it was brilliant. The fact that he frustrated me, I thought was just brilliant acting because that's not the Mark. Mark Ruffalo, if you watch him in, in a lot of stuff, he's just really kind of a laid back really natural, casual actor. And he had an energy in this movie that drove me nuts. And I'm not used to seeing that out of him. And it wasn't, it drove me nuts. Like I hate that. It drove me nuts. Like I'm really getting a sense of who this character is. And this character is a persistent son of a gun. And I just, you know, and I, I love that I I just I really not only was it an ensemble piece in the sense that the film had an ensemble cast, but they really worked as a team and they really looked out for each other. And I really, really enjoyed that. I, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the your comment about Mark, Mark Ruffalo. For me, it was Michael Keaton. Um, but. Um, it, it was it was fun to have a cast that in each scene there were you know it, it, one or two people that were really enjoyable to watch and um, it, it was good. I, I really have nothing negative to say about any any part of it. Yeah, is it Michael Keaton for me is a great moral compass in film. You know, which is funny because he plays a great bad guy. 
Yeah, he's just been a little quirky for me lately, and I, I don't know. I think, see, I Something think you're about, suffering. This is this is what I think. I think you're bordering on like Bill Murray no territory for me right now. Well, I don't know what it is. It could be, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna assume you're suffering from the same uh, affliction with Michael Keaton that I was suffering from with Leonardo DiCaprio when I saw The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. It it. Like I told people, it ruined me for Leonardo DiCaprio. I just now I can't watch him in anything, which is the biggest reason why I want to see The Revenant. Mm-hmm. Because the last movie of his that I had seen was Wolf of Wall Street, and I thought it was horrible. I thought the movie was horrible. I thought the story, I thought everything about it was horrible, especially Leonardo DiCaprio. And I and I've loved his a lot of his films. I loved him in The Departed, mm-hmm. but. Just Wolf of Wall Street just killed it for me, and I think I think Birdman killed Michael Keaton for you because that was just a very very weird performance. It was very weird, and I think that you have a tough time get, getting rid of that. But even like when I see him on award shows and talk shows, it's like he's chewing gum and he's it's like it's it's almost like he's. It's almost like he's high, not high. It's like he's on speed. He's, he's, he's all amped up yeah. and it's like, dude, slow down. Yeah. I think he's, well, I know for a fact that, that he's like that because I've read a number of articles and they all, they all, he was in like a, like a GQ article. I think, I think he was on the cover and I read the article and he lives in Montana. Michael Keaton does, mm-hmm. or he has a ranch up there anyway. And so the guy who wrote the article met him at like a local breakfast joint and like Michael Keaton walks in, everyone knows him and he's not a celebrity up there. You know, he's just, he's just a regular guy. And the guy just makes note that from then on the rest of the day, Michael Keaton just has this energy that you can't keep up with. And it's all natural. That's just who he is. But he said from the minute the guy walked through the door, he was talking, his phone was ringing, he was going, he had, you know, they had breakfast and then it was off to his place. And then it was, you know, do you want to drink at my place? And do you want to do something? And there was just this manic energy about him. Um, and that's, and that's just who he is and that's what you pick up on. Yeah. And that, that just makes me uncomfortable to watch on screen, which I think is really weird because he has, to me, at least in spotlight, I thought he had a very calming presence. I thought he was very, um, very stoic as the leader of the spotlight team. He had a wisdom that he brought through that I thought that that's why I, I I really think that he's a great moral compass in Mm -hmm. those, in those roles. Because you you know you just lean on him and you know that he's not gonna fold, you know. Alrighty then. Alrighty then. So that's seven. You wanna you wanna drop your prediction? I'll let you go first. I I read all my things first. All right. So I had all of my numbers, and I, I'm gonna read the category winners 
before I do this. I'm going to draw this out a little bit. Characters, I had one, two, three, four movies lead in the character department. Brooklyn, The Martian, Room, and Spotlight. Uh, For story, Brooklyn, The Martian, Room, and Spotlight all scored the the same. They all scored eights. For cinematography, uh, Brooklyn and The Revenant both scored nines. For content, The Martian. The Martian scored the highest for content. It was just something that I really got into and loved, enjoyed every minute of what they were giving me. Um, and and so that scored a nine. That was the highest on content. And emotion, uh, it was a tie between Brooklyn and Room. My least favorite film also was my lowest scoring film, Mad Max. It scored 23 out of 50. Next up was Bridge of Spies with 27. Revenant scored a 36 out of 50. Room and Spotlight scored a 38 out of 50. The Martian scored a 39. And my highest scoring film was Brooklyn at 42. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. That, by the numbers, was my choice based on those categories. But my official prediction is Spotlight. Okay. I'm sentimental for that piece because it's an ensemble piece and because of the characters involved um, and that it was a, it was, for me, it's a, it's a tighter film. Brooklyn is almost like a, 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 a art house film. I, right. I said that to you when we walked out of the theater. Right. Um, and that's okay. That is, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a derogatory term. But it is, it's an art house film. And Spotlight, to me, is a picture winner. It's a, it's a big boy film in the sense that it's, it's tight, it's concise, it has great story, great characters, great emotion. It's shot well. It was it was filmed well, uh, visually. You know, I think I think Brooklyn touched an emotional chord for me, um, but Spotlight's just kind of a, a sentimental favorite. Okay, so that's who you. That's the one that you like the best? Yeah. Is that the one you think will win? Yes. Both in the same? Are those two separate answers? No. They just happen to be the same answer. Yeah. I think I think I think Spotlight is gonna come across as the best picture because I, I think it's I think it's the solid choice. And it and it just happens to be I think the Academy is gonna is gonna side with me on this that if you look at all these films, 
the most complete film in this list. And and remind, remember, this is without having seen The Big Short, right. which, which won the Producers Guild Award. But of the seven that we have seen, uh, I think the Academy is going to side with me and say that it is the most, from start to finish, it is the most complete film of the year. You all right with that? I, I oh no, I am. I am. I I'm still I'm still torn about which movie I enjoyed the most. Um, because they were they were all very good. So do you have a? It, um, is, is your sentimental pick different from who you think is going to win? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. Because I. I, I think that, and and the hardest thing is that the big short is the unknown. Right. Because there's been a lot of talk about the big short. And, um, you know. We could watch it and both love it. And it could be the greatest movie ever. Well, no, because I saw Fargo and I thought that movie blew and <laughs> that one. So what do I know? Or better yet, what do they know? So, um, you know, taking that out of the equation, I, I'm going to say that um, I probably... I probably I'm going to say my sentimental favorite. This is probably going to surprise you. Was probably Brooklyn. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, you, you what? You think I I thought it was going to be Room? Uh, no. I I think that you probably thought I was going to say The Revenant. That that was going to be my favorite of all the ones we saw. I really liked Brooklyn. Um. But I also, I am also one of those people that, you know, it's like, okay, this is my new favorite. Okay, right. this is my new favorite. Um, it's hard, especially we saw we saw a lot of movies in a very short period of time. Right. So it's difficult. Um, so your sentimental pick is, is Brooklyn. Yeah. So who do you think is going to win? Quite honestly, I think The Revenant is going to be tough to beat. I think the revenant is going to. I think it's it's going to be a toss up, and this probably isn't fair, but the rev between the revenant and spotlight. Um, but I think I think the revenant is going to. Um, is going to take whatever it can. Hmm. I mean, it was it was just so beautifully done. It was just just so beautifully crafted in everything it did in costumes in in the way it was written the way it was shot the way it was i mean the way the story was told even though it wasn't a, it wasn't it wasn't a traditional story like like say spotlight was right you know um yeah. It's it's a story unlike any of the other stories it's up against. Um, 
Um, Leo is definitely going to get best actor. Um, yeah, I I really wanted to see the Danish girl to see Eddie Redmayne's performance. We'll, and we'll go see that. We'll definitely go see that. Because he just he just seems to me like the type of guy that's going to be a thorn in Leonardo DiCaprio's side every year. And good for him. Yeah. Here's the thing about, uh, uh, I mean, I, I get it. I, I think The Revenant is a juggernaut. I think the Academy, it, it's going to be interesting to see if the Academy agrees with you. Um, here's my thing about your comment that um, you watch a movie and you go, oh, that's my favorite. And then you watch another movie and you go, oh, that's my favorite. This is the, that, that, that very thing to a T is the problem that I have with the Academy Awards. Until I found that next. None of me that wasn't my favorite. <laughs> but but that very sentiment is the issue that I have with the Academy Awards as a whole because you can't really compare Brooklyn to Spotlight to Room to Revenant to The Martian, Bridge of Spies, the big you can't compare them because they're all different. Right. You know, they all offer your when you said the Revenant is unlike any of the other movies, I looked down at the list. Because I wanted to be able to say, oh, no, I wanted to compare it to one of the other movies, right? Um, just as a, as, a, as a discussion point, as a talking point. Mm-hmm. And I looked down trying to find that comparison so that I could make that point. And you're right. It isn't. It's a – because I wanted to say, oh, well, that and The Martian, those two movies are alike. I mean, we're really following one person through the whole movie. Um, and you know, their fight for survival, but the Revenant isn't about a fight for survival. Leonardo DiCaprio's character isn't fighting to survive. No, not really. Uh, he's fighting for revenge. He's surviving for revenge. He doesn't care if he survives or not. No. Um, Martian's completely different. And that's not a plot. The plot is about survival. Exactly. And that but that is for the Martian. Right. Right? I mean, that is the plot for the Martian is survival. <laughs> kind of like a modern day dude, where's my car? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the Lord knows what Mad Max is about. Um you know, room it, you you could say that that Room is a a movie about survival, um, but you know it, it's it's different. Spotlight certainly is. Spotlight, yeah. I mean that that's the thing. You go through the eight movies and, and you say in one sentence, "What's this movie about?" You're going to get eight different answers, right? Um, for the most part, there may be correlations because that's just life. Yeah. But um, they're all different different movies, and and that's the, ultimately the the point is that in the big picture scheme of things, it doesn't Forrest Gump for crying out loud, because Forrest Gump beat Shawshank Redemption, and everyone kind of universally agrees <clears throat> there's no way Forrest Gump's a better film than Shawshank Redemption. Right. I mean, you read anything and everyone's like, what, Shawshank Redemption didn't win Best Picture? How is that possible? 
And there's a lot of people out there that that love Forrest Gump, obviously. They think it's Tom Hanks. Yeah. I mean, I think that's Brett's favorite movie of all time. Tom the Forrest, Forrest Gump. Um he just loves that movie. And I love it too, but when I compare it to Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump's like, all right, it's a novelty for me. Mm-hmm. But that's the great thing about movies. You can't compare them. I mean, if you make, if you if you do a remake of a movie, then you can compare the two mm-hmm. because you're you're comparing the same product essentially to interpretations of the same product that you can make in a, a comparison to. But there's no way on earth you can make a comparison between Room and The Revenant. Right. You can't. You just can't do it. There, There is nothing about those movies that that warrants um, being put up in, in, in comparison. But but and, and I like that all the movies are so different. My my the reason that I think that The Revenant is going to win is that I have a feeling that that The Revenant is going to win um, for Best Director, mm-hmm. Cinematography, that Leonardo is going to win it. Mm-hmm. And so when it starts taking all of the uh, the awards that, right. you know, the lesser awards, um I don't know that it, that Tom Hardy's going to win it, but when it when it starts getting the subordinate awards, how does it not take the top award? How does it take the ones beneath it and then then say and then for best picture it goes to Bridge of Spies? Right. How do they do that? Well, you know? but see that's happened before. I mean, how, how how because because if they're following essentially the same, you know, science that you did, they break it down to okay. We're gonna we're gonna we're going to use this science where we've broken apart the story, the character right. development, the emotion, the blah 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 blah, all this kind of stuff. We've used this logarithm, and you know we've, we've come up, we've tallied it, and you know that's how they're going to come up with the the actor, the actress, the director, all of this kind of stuff. My guess is that's kind of how they how they do this. Yeah, I, but see, remember you're talking about you know however many the academy is, a couple hundred people. Um, there's there's a lot of room. I, it, it has happened before where uh, a film nominated for a, a lot of awards will get um, nothing in, in the in the um, non best picture category, you know, the acting, the technical side, and then they'll get best picture. Look at 12 years of slave. Mm-hmm. Um, Great movie. Yeah. But it didn't get, it didn't get either nominated or won the, the, the non best picture awards, but it got the best picture award. Um, you, you know, look at Argo. Ben Affleck wasn't even nominated as the director, it won best picture. Um, and then, you know, on the flip side of that is that you'll get, you'll get technical awards or acting awards that a film will get, and then it won't get best picture. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so there's, uh, 
I think the I think the Academy's fickle when it comes to best picture. Um and they I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be really, really interesting to see if they if they agree with you on the revenant. Um I, I personally I don't think they are. I agree with you. I think the revenant's a juggernaut, but I think I, I do think that um Leonardo DiCaprio will probably get the award it may end up with cinematography, um, but I think as a start-to-finish film, as a start-to-finish product, I think the Academy is gonna do something a little less. Uh, one of the one of the words that I heard or that I read in in relation to Revenant, which I think is really appropriate, is that I thought it was um, uh, shoot. Now I just forgot the word. Um, almost like self-congratulatory. It was almost, it was almost very um, uh, excessive for the the director. And th- those aren't the right words that I'm thinking of. I, I wish I had the article up and then, and then I forgot it, but it, it was, it was very, um, it, it almost seemed like it was very gratuitous to his own desires and own needs the movie was that it, that it wasn't there was a lot of the movie a lot of the fight scenes and whatnot that that kind of just seemed a little over the top mm-hmm. i think and and maybe not but for me i just that's one of the reasons why it didn't rank any higher than it did for me because I, I i thought it i thought it it far exceeded my expectations but um still fell short in some really critical areas so, hmm. so we'll see. We'll see. Spotlight of the Revenant. One or the other. <laughs> or one of the other six. One of the other six. Watch, it'll be the big short. The one movie we didn't see. No. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Well, hey, I enjoyed the conversation. Um, I, I really am. Uh, it, it's really interesting to hear your perspective on on each movie and, and, you know, I, I knew that we agreed on, on just about all of it. Um, Bridge of Spies, I think we, we disagreed most on. Um, and then Mad Max, we kind of agreed the most on, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, talking movies is always a, a great way to spend the night. So, um, thank you very much for the conversation. My pleasure. So, We'll see uh, the Academy Awards uh, challenge, the Oscars challenge uh, link will go up on the website this evening. So uh, if you haven't already, fill out your bracket. Maybe you two can uh, predict the winners. Um, Pick the uh, best picture, the actor, the actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, and of course all the others, uh, technical uh, achievements in film for 2015 and don't forget to uh, watch the show and uh, tune in to the next episode on your fancy ball gown (laughs) your red carpet (laughs) finest tell us what you're wearing Uh, he laughs I do I I think it's funny I think you should apparently I am anything else nope okay that's it Thanks for joining us. Be good to each other.